Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us, and we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day, and I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events, and uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. We'll be familiar with them. Here are the top 10 quotes uh, from dads uh, in an article entitled The World According to Fathers, and you can help me finish these if you want. What part of no... And one day I was feeling my oats and I said, I think it's the end. I found out quick. This is going to hurt me. Tell some of y'all had good dads. Why? I don't know if y'all remember, y'all grew up like I did. You didn't get to ask why. Why? You asked why once or twice. And why? Because I said so. And then you asked why again, and you didn't usually get because I said so. At least us, we heard belts clearing loops. (laughs) If I tell you to jump, you jump. You don't ask why, you just do it, right? Here's another one. I wasn't asleep, I was just resting my eyes. Or my great uncle, you say, I wasn't asleep, I was checking my eyelids for light leaks. <laughs> Shut the door. Were you? A little dirt never hurt anybody. As long as you live under my roof. There you go. I'm not made out of money. Don't make me stop this car. And probably number one. She heard it this morning. Go ask your mom. Jewish tradition insists that that fatherhood is not necessarily biological. The one who raises a child is considered the true parent. Teachers in the Bible are like fathers. So much so that their honor takes precedent, especially in those situations where the father is only a biological relationship and it is the teacher who provides what a father should provide. Guidance, values, discipline, direction, and love. In biblical times, if one was to follow a rabbi, they followed them from a very young age. And this is why they were often called father or master or teacher. Because at the age of as young as eight years of age, the parents would give them to the rabbi to learn God's word and study that one day they themselves might become a teacher of God's word. In the first century families, in the first century families were presided over by fathers who could do whatever they pleased in their homes. Rome had a law called patria potestas, which simply means the father's power. 
Men who were Roman citizens were given absolute power over their families. By law, the children and the wife were regarded as the patriarch's personal property, and he could do with them whatever he wanted to do. A displeased father could disown his children. He could sell them into slavery, or he could even kill them if he wished. And we even learn this from history, that Herod, who'd been empowered by the Roman government to be a Roman citizen, would take the life of his own child upon his knees because that boy was an heir to his kingdom. And so he saw him as a threat. When a child was born, the baby was placed between the father's feet, according to Roman and, and Greco-Roman tradition. If the father picked up the baby, then the child stayed home. If he turned and walked away, the child was either left to die or was sold at an auction. Cynthia, a contemporary, the Apostle Paul, described the Roman policy with regard uh, to unwanted animals. He said, we slaughter a fierce ox. We strangle a mad dog. We plunge a knife into a sick cow. Children performed, uh, that are born deformed or weak, we drowned. Things are not much better today, are they? Millions of unwanted babies are slaughtered every day in abortion clinics. Children have become a disposable commodity in our society today, just as they were in the society of Rome. The parallels between the Roman society and the American culture today line up so well, so sickfully well. But the Bible calls Christian fathers, calls us to a different standard. Our kids are not our property to own. But our image to bear God's glory and to be trained up in, in the fear and the love of God. Our children are not ours to lord over. Our children are ours to raise, to reflect the image of God in their life. Listen to me, dads. Men, I want you to listen to me. We are called to provide a proper nurturing environment where our children can grow up and love God and serve the Lord. We are to be as counterculture to the American culture today as the first century church was to the Roman culture in their day. We don't raise our children according to what the government teaches us or what the schools teach us or God forbid what entertainers teach us a home should be. We raise them according to what the Bible teaches us and how the word of God teaches us that we should raise our children. The New Testament challenges us to see the word father as a verb and not just a noun. It's easy to become a biological father, but biblically challenging to actually father our children or raise them the way that God wants them to be raised. The Bible very clearly challenges dads to be the spiritual leader in their homes because of the ultimate responsibility for what a family becomes belongs to the father. And the primary part of that responsibility is striking a very delicate balance between love and discipline. Right. Hebrews 12 and 7 says, if you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? In other words, he loves you, he will chasteneth you, he will discipline you. A child that is undisciplined is a child that is unloved. 
1 Thessalonians 2 and 11, as you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his little children. Ephesians 6, 4, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bringing them up in nurture and admonition of the Lord. Colossians 3 and 21 says, fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. So there is a balance between discipline and encouragement. They need both. Amen. You don't let a rose bush just grow out of control. You have to put it on a lattice or structure so it can grow more beautiful and be more productive. Children are the same way, men. We can't just leave that up to the women. We've got to step in and not only be the disciplinarian, but we also need to step in and be the encourager that tells them that we love them and that they have value and that they have worth. In writing to the Corinthians, Paul, Paul compares his role as an apostle to the role filled by a dad. No one can take the unique place of a dad. I want to be very clear about that. Nobody can take the unique place of a dad. 1 Corinthians 4 and 15 says, For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, ye have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. One of the biggest threats to the generation that we are now raising is the breakdown of the nuclear family. Right. Lifelong marriages provide the foundation for social order. Everything of value rests on those underpinnings. Historically, when the family begins to unravel in any culture, everything else is adversely affected. Let me extrapolate a speech given by President Barack Obama from 2013 where he said the following. 72% of African-American babies, 31% of Hispanic babies, 20% of Caucasian babies born in North America are born out of wedlock. Most of them will never know their fathers or a father's love. Only one-third of children born in America will live with both biological parents through the age of 18. One in three. So how does that affect us? Let me continue with what he said. On the point of wealth disparity, race categories follow the same trend line. The group with the most two-parent homes do better financially in that generation and in the generation to come. It's not even close. I don't care what the TV and the politicians are telling you. It has, it has most to do with a two-parent home than it does with the system. Asian and Indian Americans make up the highest income per groups represented and they have the lowest single rate of motherhood. 85% of children born in fatherless homes have behavioral disorders. 71% of high school dropouts are from fatherless homes. 70% of teen pregnancies are from the fatherless homes. 80% of rapists are from fatherless homes. 75% of teen uh, patients in drug abuse centers are from 
fatherless homes. 70% of juveniles in correction facilities are from fatherless homes. 85% of youths in prison are from fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. I'm going to tell you something, men. You matter and you are important. And we need you men now more than we have ever needed you before. You are not just a, listen, come on, be as polite as I can. You are not just a chromosome donator in the equation. You are important to the raising of your children. And as I said earlier, if you did not do that before you came to the Lord, don't feel the guilt and the shame of it. Determine right now that in the latter days of my life, I am going to disciple. I'm going to raise people in the house of God, my grandchildren, my older children. I'm going to invest in them. I may have messed up then, but I'm not going to mess this up. I want to tell you something. Men, you matter. This society spends all its time telling men that they are the problem. Men, you are not the problem. You matter. We need men and we need strong men. We need godly men. We need men who will love their families and we need men who will love their God. Thirty years ago, we believed that poverty and racial discrimination were primarily responsible for juvenile crime and behavioral problems. Now, nearly all the evidence from multiple institutions point toward the evidence that the family breakup is the real culprit, amen, and predicts societal catastrophe if we don't turn this trend around. 72% of Americans say the physical absence of a father is the most serious problem that is facing our families today. Dear men, you matter. You matter. We'll never be able to replace the importance of a man or a father in the home. I want to tell you something. You are important and you matter. The last several years has been spent telling us how unimportant men are. Entertainment has made sure to belittle the role of fathers over the last 40 years through television and movies. Name any hit television show and I will show you that the men, the fathers, are the idiots on the program. Never productive. The dad is always stupid. The dad is always unaware. The dad can't change the batteries in his own remote. He has to get the four-year-old to do it because the dad is always dumb and always lagging and never into it and always the outcast. Men, you matter. See, that's Hollywood's portrayal of men. That's the world's portrayal of men. But a real man leads his family. A real man is involved. A real man cares. A real man leads, not because it's easy, but because it is hard. Amen. Don't, don't bend to what this society says. Well, if the world doesn't want me involved, I won't be involved. Get involved. Get involved. 
Be involved in your children's life. Be involved in their raising. Be involved in raising them in the house of the Lord because the only way that we can buck the trend against the societal turn, against the family that God instituted in the world is by committing our lives totally to Jesus Christ and by raising our family to do the same thing. The majority of children that stay in the church are because they had a father that was actively involved and leading them toward the cross. Dear men, you matter. You matter not only on Father's Day, but you matter every day. You matter every day. Amen. Now, I know this isn't a traditional message because this isn't a traditional Sunday. This is Father's Day. Amen. Uh, I find it no coincidence that they have taken this month in which we celebrate fathers to celebrate their sin of pride. Amen. To denigrate the role of a father. To denigrate the role of a man. Now, I told y'all earlier, I'm going to buck against it hard in the month of June. We may get kicked off of Facebook. We may get kicked off of social media. But we're not going to let some demonic-led movement to determine what a man is or what a man isn't. Amen. God's design for marriage is still one man and one woman. God's design for marriage is still one man and one woman. That's the Bible. You don't get children any other way. Children are the heritage of the Lord. It means it is the blessing of God. God blesses a union, amen, by children. You don't get children by two men or two women. The design of procreation was God's ultimate blessing upon a marriage. I don't care what so-called church says it's okay. God's word says it's not right. Men, you matter. We're not going to let the world replace you. That's not homophobic. That's just being straight in the word of God. say, well, pastor, somebody's going to call you that. They've already called me that. I have long since what, uh, given a care what any rainbow-toting child-grooming group says. We are not an LGBTQIABCDEFG church. We are a one God apostolic Bible-believing church. We do not celebrate sin. We do not celebrate pride. It is an abomination to God. Amen. It is an abomination in the sight of Almighty God. All sin is. But some sins are more grotesque in the sight of God of others. Go read Romans 1. We need to take a stand. You said, well, I thought this was about Father's Day. What do you think that movement's trying to do? It's trying to get rid of the fathers. I thank God for these Muslim fathers in that, the city back east that just stood up and said, you're not doing a pride march in our city. 
I would to God Christians were as bold as the Muslims were. You see, our men have had 40 years of emasculation through TV and entertainment and news, but these new immigrant Muslim fathers haven't. And they say, you're not gonna do this to our children. These pride parades are no more than, nothing more than pedophilia on display. Drag queen story hours, nothing more than pedophilia on display. 30 years ago, men would have handled this differently. Now our state is debating, and right now at this very moment, we need men, and we need women to support the men that stand up. They're debating right now that if your child wants a, to change their gender and you don't let them, that the state can come in and take your child from you because it being child abuse and give them the care that they say they want. And you say, Pastor, you're being conspiratorial. It'll never happen. The Democrats already did it in Washington, and they're wanting to do it in this state. But as long as there's a First Amendment, we're going to speak out against it. And as long as there's a Second Amendment, we ought to stand up for it. Our children will not go upon the altar of sacrifice. Dear men, you are needed. We need men. Every prominent movement that has come from the leftists has been anti-family and anti-men. While we agreed with the sentiment of equity of justice and equity of social reforms, we did not buy into the platform of the corporate of BLM that said we are here to destroy the nuclear family. So we parted ways and said, no thank you. Founded by three lesbian women who are known uh, cultists and satanic women that are against the man. We're gonna stand in the word of God and say the head of man is Christ. We can't destroy that. Amen. Now some of you are getting nervous and you're probably a woman, but the men are excited about what I'm saying right now. Because let me tell you why men are done with religion in America. They are tired of limp-wristed, noodle-spine preachers that will not declare truth. Men want truth. Because men, we have already counted the cost. Our children are too important for us to give to the LGBTQ movement. Too important. That's why you matter, men. We need you. Amen. They would have taught this mess in fact school when I was a kid. Every dad would have showed up with shotguns and things would have ended up totally different. Said, you're not going to teach that to our kids. You're not going to pull our children aside and say, Talk to me privately. Don't discuss this with your parents. We need men. This world is not afraid of the consequences of what they're doing to the home and what they're doing to the family because they've got men so numb to society by addicting them to entertainment 
and all sources of substances that keep them detached from reality. But let me tell you what God is doing. God is calling his men to arise and say, no more. We are going to stand for truth. We are going to raise our children. What I'm trying to tell you this morning is you are needed. You are needed by your children. You are needed by this world. You are needed by this nation. You are needed by God to raise up a generation that will fear the Lord. Amen. Nothing's going to turn this nation around like men who will lead this nation in prayer. The greatest hour is upon us for men to know that you are needed. I know you've been pushed to the back burner and I know you feel like everything against you, but I am telling you, men, you are needed now more than ever before. I know that sometimes it feels like you don't connect anymore anywhere in the world, but I'm telling you, you belong and you are needed in the house of God. I thank God for our praying women. We've got some of the most powerful prayer warriors and women that you could ever find, but men, there is nothing like hearing men lift their voices and pray and weep before the Lord and call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. It is is not weak to pray before God. It is not weak to weep before God. But what it is is powerful when men step up and say, thank God for the women that will worship and the women that will pray. But as for me and my house, I'm going to lead them in worship. I'm going to lead them to the house of God. Men, You matter. You are needed. You are important. We can't do it without you. The church will fail its mission if men fail our mission as men to raise our children. You are so very important. Amen. University studies are showing us how important you are. I read the statistics. I've showed you through the statistics how important it is. Amen. In former President Obama's speech, he detailed it out how important it was in the statistics that we need men in the home. I want to encourage you right now, men. I know you've got a family to raise in your own house, or maybe your children are already grown, but I want to encourage you to look around this house this morning and realize that you are needed your prayers are needed your faithfulness is needed your worship is needed your support is needed because I'm going to tell you nothing moves heaven like men that unite together in prayer nothing moves heaven like men who come before the Lord and worship with everything that they have you are absolutely needed in the kingdom of God and I want you to know that you matter all around this world they may denigrate your role but I'm telling you you matter in the house of God and you matter in the kingdom of God all the world is trying to take away what God has naturally inherently given to you but I am telling you men you are a blessing to the earth you are a blessing to the kingdom of God you are a blessing to the nations of the world and today we encourage you that you matter and stand strong in God 
Mark chapter five tells a story of a rich man by the name of Jairus, a very religious man who had a, a daughter that was young and she was dying. His daughter was in urgent need of a miracle due to a severe illness. But he ran out and he met Jesus as Jesus got off the boat and he pled with Jesus, I need you to come to my house because my daughter is dying. He exhibited great faith on her behalf and Jesus, you know the story, finally gets to to the house after the little girl dies and there he raised her from the dead. I want you to remember it was the father that ran to Jesus and said I need a miracle in my home. I want to encourage you men it's time for us to run to Jesus and say I need you in my home. I need you on my job. I need you in my children's life. I need you in my life. Men you do matter. If it weren't for Jarius, we wouldn't have that story in the gospel accounts. But thank God for a father who pressed his way to Jesus and said, I need a miracle in my home. Mark 9 records the story of a father of an epileptic child who was deaf and mute. His son was in great need and the father had faith enough to bring his son to the disciples of Jesus. Amen. But he was disappointed when his son was not healed of his sickness or delivered a man from his ailment by the disciples of Jesus nevertheless that father did not accept no for an answer he picked up his little boy and he ran to Jesus and said your disciples have failed but I believe that you have the ability to heal my son and Jesus said all things are possible to him that believe do you believe and the father cried out in great desperation yes Lord Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. The response of Jesus was to reach out to that epileptic, deaf mute boy and heal him in that very moment. And it was because a father would not take no for an answer. I would to God there were some men in this house this morning who just would not take no for an answer and say, I'm not going to accept my children being lost. I'm not going to accept this society decaying under my feet. I'm not going to accept. Men, you matter. It's time we get men that'll come to Jesus. Men that'll come to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. It's time for men to believe for their families. It's time for men to believe that God can. Amen. Musicians, if you come, Psalms chapter 68 and verse 4. Amen. Verses 4 through 6 says, Sing unto God, sing praises unto his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens. His name is Jah, as shortened for Jehovah, and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless, a judge and a judge of the widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sitteth in the solitary and family. He bringeth out those uh, who are bound with chains, uh, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Uh, David even wrote a song and said, he is a father to the fatherless. Uh, he sits in the solitary of the family. What that means is, uh, is he makes his dwelling place uh, in a home where it is ordered of God. Man, I want you to know something. You matter. It doesn't matter if 
your father has abandoned you. It doesn't matter if you're the only one in your family serving God. I want you to know that you matter this morning and that he will be a father to the fatherless. Father's Day is one of the most difficult holidays for a lot of people because there are so many fatherless homes in America. But David said he is the father to the fatherless. And all of you young men need to make up in your mind and you dads need to make up in your mind. You, you men need to make up in your minds right now. I am going to join God in this mission of being a father to the fatherless. I'm going to link arms with God per se in this agenda that I am going to be a father to the fatherless. I'm going to help those Amen, that are in need. I'm going, to, I'm going to see those that are struggling to find their way in God. And I'm going to pull them under my arm because why? They may have an, a thousand instructors. They only have few fathers. And I want you to know something, men. You matter and you are needed. We can't do this without you. We need you to fill this role that God has called you to fill and being a part of the family of God. Amen. There are so many young people in our city that need a father's love. There are so many young people in our city who have been born without a father in their life or have not had that male, positive male influence in their life. Listen, if God's going to give us the great revival, he's promised us uh, there has got to be some men that step up and say, I'm going to come in and join the mission of God uh, and I'm going to be a father to the fatherless and I'm going to love them and I'm going to help instruct them and I'm going to help guide them in the ways of God. Men, you matter this morning. You matter this morning. You're more than just whatever society has painted you to be, but you are ordained of God. For man, Christ is the head of man, and man is the head of the woman. That means of the family, of the nations of the earth. I want every man to stand with me right now. Would you please? Every man, every young man, I want you to stand with me. I want you to know something. You matter. You matter. You matter. You're important. They say, chivalry is dead. Don't let it die. Help those that are weak. Help those that are weak. Strengthen those that are downtrodden. Lead and guide. You say, well, they're not my responsibility. They are all our responsibility. We as men have the privilege of being blessed of God enough that he called us to lead and to be a father to the fathers. There's going to be young men that join this church in the next few weeks and few months that God leads into their life who've never had a father in their life and they've struggled with that. They've never had direction on being a man. They've never been taught how to shave their face. They've never been taught to save money. They've never been taught to work a job. Guess what God's blessed us with? The ability to step in and say, you know what? I'll step, I'll help out. I'll come alongside. I'm not going to belittle them for what they can't do. I'm going to show them how they can. Men, you matter. I don't care what the world says. I know what the Word says. 
you matter. We need you. We need you to be full of faith. We need you to be full of faith. We need you to be full of the wisdom of God. We need you to have the compassion and the love of God and the patience of God. But we need to have the strength to stand at the door when the wolf is trying to enter the house and say, we are men of God. And my family matters. And if my family matters, then guess what? I must matter too. I want of all of our men that are standing, I want you to join me in the altar right now. All the messages to preach in the year this is Father's Day is often one of the most difficult for, for many reasons and one of those is we as men we like to blend into the background we don't like to come up front we don't like to be singled out but there is such there is such an importance there is such an importance that you have and importance is an understatement because you're invaluable we can't do it without you. We need you. We need you to be faithful. We need you to be men and young men of prayer. Worshipers, givers, mentors, discipleship makers. We need you to be fathers to the fatherless. I love seeing it when one of our men is teaching a young man how to change a tire how to change oil in his car. Every young man needs to know how to change a tire or change oil in his own vehicle. Amen. Show them how to work with tools. Show them how to do things with their hands. A lot of them don't know. They've not been taught. It's not their fault. Guess what we can do? We can come together as men and we can say, you know what? We matter. We matter to God. But I want to tell you something. You matter to matter to those that are on their way. You matter to those that God is preparing to save and bring to salvation. You matter. I want you to just lift your hands with me. I want you all around the building to pray with us. I am so thankful for these men. I am so thankful for these men. Hallelujah. I speak to these men like Jesus spoke to Simon Peter. Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have thee and sift thee as wheat, but I pray for you. The enemy would like nothing more than to have and to defeat our men. Amen. But at First Church, we have prayed for them. We are praying for them that their faith not fail them. That they won't be intimidated by pop culture and, and what's in trend and what's in style. But that these men would be strengthened here today to know to know that they matter. To know that they have value. To know that they have worth. To know that they have an integral part in the kingdom of God. Would you stand with me and just reach out and begin to pray for these men? Amen. Brother to brother, I'd ask you to just pray with one another right now. If you would, just reach over and pray for the brother beside you right now. God, raise him up to be a father to the fathers. Raise them up, oh God, to be a father to the fatherless. Lord, raise them up.
Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.